Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. And uh, the first week, and, and I'd encourage you to listen to the podcast across the locations, but we was talking about how we can personally find a relationship with Jesus Christ. That was the foundation. I can personally find, I can personally have, and we are invited into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But the second uh, foundational truth that we want to look at today is around this thought of, I can find freedom. It'll come on the screen. I can find freedom from anything and everything through Jesus Christ. I'd encourage you to take a notepad and pen. Because, he, because in, this, in this morning, it's impossible for us to go through everything. It's impossible because it's a massive subject and I'll seek to just go there a little bit and then draw us on. But because of time, it's such a massive subject. We literally could be here for a day. Just talk about the whole thought of freedom. What does it mean? How do we get it? Is there a process to it? And all those things need to be worked out. But it's my joy to just really open up the subject in every one of our lives for these next 30 minutes because it is a foundation that we at Arena Church build upon and we build upon it because it's rooted in God's Word. God wants everybody to find freedom from anything and everything. Notice the intentional language, anything and everything. It's all through Jesus Christ. It's all through Jesus Christ. It's not through the brilliance of David and Jeanette. David's a fantastic counsellor. It's what he's trained for. I believe Jeanette's very good in it as well. Fantastic. And there's a lot of wisdom that we can apply and receive from people. And we thank God for that. But the reality is, no matter how good somebody is, it's only through Jesus Christ that we can find true freedom. Now, what I do want to say, and it's not in my notes, just very quickly, I'm going to talk about God just breaking in. And I believe that's the starting point, God breaking in. We've got numbers of stories around Arena Church. This may be your story. That when you came to Jesus Christ, most of us come pretty, pretty broken. But some people come really broken. And, and they actually don't feel that they, they, they could ever be put back together. That might be your, your story. Somebody gave me a, a broken vase. It's, it's something that they did. They wanted to do for me. Something I was helping over the last couple of years. And, and the broken vase was broken. And then they glued it all back together. And it sh- still showed the brokenness. But there, it was all back together. That might be your life. That's what God does with us, actually. So we all come pretty battered and broken. That wasn't my story because I hadn't gone too far. But I still was in need of God. But what I'm, what, where I want to get to, there are some people's stories, that's how they come. So they may have issues with all kinds of things. So let's just throw a few common things up. Please forgive me. The, we always go here, but that's where I want to go. So they may be calm. They may say, you know, I'm, I'm a heavy drinker. I drink too much. I'm a heavy smoker. I smoke too much. So let's just use those two. There's people in our church who instantaneously, as they accepted Jesus Christ, the alcohol went It went immediately. But the smoking, that took a bit of time. What I'm trying to say is this. It doesn't matter which one it is. Sometimes God breaks in and in a moment, we're completely set free from something. It's just like something that just held us, we're set free. But there's other things that have to be worked through. Does that make sense? That's what 
They have to be worked through. There's the processes of God. I still want to say both of them are down to God because God is able, gives us, it's not willpower, God gives us the strength to work these things through. So when we talk about, I can find freedom from anything and everything through Jesus Christ, that's my conviction, that's our conviction. You see, God wants us to live free. Let me take you to a verse in John 8, verse 36. If you don't know the Bible and you'd like, and you haven't got a Bible, please let us know and we'll make sure you've got one before you go. And all this is from the Bible that we're taking it from. I'm not playing with the words uh, because it's a, it's, it's, a very, it's a very emotive subject. But this is all from the Bible. And Jeanette's lead was great from that Galatians 5, and I'm going to mention it in a moment. But it says there in John 8, 36, so if the Son, speaking of Jesus, sets you free, you will be free indeed. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You see, the point is this. Jesus invites us into his freedom. He didn't just casually walk the earth for 33 years. He came on a mission. It was to bring freedom to our lives because we were bound up. The world was bound up. And he purchased our freedom. Now, when I speak about freedom, what am I talking about? Well, the definition of freedom is this, the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. The state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. We understand there are many prisons around this this country. We have one in Nottingham. There's Nottingham Prison. I'm not talking about that kind kind of prison where people are locked away for crimes. I'm talking about... The freedom that Jesus offers us, of course, he does offer it to, to prisoners who are in a prison. But he's speaking about our lives because we can be walking freely here, but we're actually enslaved and imprisoned. You see, what I find interesting is when I talk to different people who aren't in church and whatever, they make statements like, I'm not going to be bound by anybody. I'm living my life free. You might have been one of them. You, you said, or you may even be saying it. I'm living free, man. I'm, I'm free, okay? So what they're saying is this. I'm free from authority. I mean, I am going to be bold. If you've ever said that, just give me a wave. I'm, I'm free. I'm free from authority. I'm, I'm having none of I'm free from expectation. I'm just going to do it my way. I'm free from responsibility. Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful to have no responsibilities? I'm free from constraints. Some people say I'm free from rules. But interesting, those people who say those statements are often the most bound. It's interesting, we have free markets of trade. People talk about free love, free sex, free thinking, free living. Yet the world has never been more bound. And actually, let me just say, the world has never been more costly. I'm not just talking about the cost of living. The cost on this so-called free thinking and free living is unbelievable. Let me say it this way, Mike. Let me say it this way, Sue. It's incredibly expensive to live in the world. I'm not talking about in the natural. What is it expensive in? Well, it's expensive because it's costing our health. It's costing our well-being. It's costing our minds. It's costing our safety. Who feels, ladies, who, do you feel safe walking out in the, in the, middle, of, in the middle of Nottingham or, or Derby at 11 o'clock at night on your own? Of course you don't. And yet we live in this free society. 
I want to tell you. It's unbelievable. People say, you know, I'm free uh, in my life, but actually the reality is for our children. They don't live free. They can't live free. Relationships, marriage, our liberties. It's never, I'm making the point, it's never been more costly. Now to state the obvious as a, as a Christian pastor, I want to just take you somewhere and use a word and then we're just going to unwrap this thought of two places and then we're going to try and bring it to a conclusion. But the issue in our freedom is a little word, three letter word and it's sin. Because sin is the master. In Romans 6 verse 15 to 23 and I'm going to read quite a chunk of scripture and we're just going to go slowly. But here it identifies the fact that we're all slaves to sin outside of Christ. Let me read it from the message version. It says this, verse 15. Since then, we're out from under the old tyranny. Does that mean we can live any old way we want? Since we're in the freedom of God, can we do anything that comes to mind? Paul was addressing, the writer of this was addressing it because people were saying, I'm now living in a freedom so I can do what I want. And he's trying to say to them, that doesn't, that's not how it works. It's not how it works. God has purchased our freedom, but he now wants us to walk a different way, to a different beat. And he, uses the, he says this word, hardly. Let's carry on. He says, you know well enough from your own experience that there are some acts of so-called freedom that destroy freedom. Offer yourselves to sin, for instance, and it's your last free act. But offer yourselves to the ways of God, and the freedom never quits. All your lives, you've let sin tell you what to do. But thank God you've started listening to a new master, one whose commands set you free to live openly in his freedom. Verse 19, I'm using this freedom language because it's easy to picture. You can readily recall, can't you, how at one time, the more you did just what you felt like doing, not caring about others, not caring about God, the worse your life became and the less freedom you had. Let me just pause, Sila, for a moment. Does this, am I, am I describing any of his life? There's some nods around the room. And how much different is it now as you live in God's freedom, your lives, oh, these are wonderful, healed and expansive in holiness. Verse 20, as long as you did what you felt like doing, ignoring God, you didn't have to bother with right thinking or right living or right anything for that matter. But do you call that a free life? What did you get out of it? Nothing you're proud of now. Where did it get you? A dead end. Verse 22, but now that you've found you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you, what a surprise, a whole, oh, just note this, a whole healed, put together life right now with more and more of life on the way. What an invitation. <laughs> Work hard for sin, your whole life and your pension is death. God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus, our master. I'd really encourage you to listen and read again those contemporary translation verses of Romans 6, because Paul here quickly is contrasting two different places. 
That's what he's doing. And by the way, I say that not to condemn you. You look very serious at me. Just smile at me, will you? It's making me a little bit nervous, okay? You know, he's, he's addressing and showing us there are two different places that we can live in life. You're either in one or the other. There's no in-between. So let's address the negative one first and then we want to, you know, we'll work positively towards the end. Let's, let's just work it when we're thinking about this freedom. And I need to address this because some people may want to say, I want to be free, but I don't know how to be. Well, I'm going to show you how. Because the first one is this. Paul addresses this place of, let me use this word, a place of burden. A place of burden. This place of burden is heavy. Heavy man. Oh, that's deep. That's heavy man. I've had the, <laughs> it's heavy. It's joyless. Of course, it's exciting at times, but it leaves you lacking at the end. It's like you go out on a drunken binge and you're just absolutely wild. And yes, in the moment you're enjoying it, but then what happens the following morning? Anybody who's ever lived that kind of life, what do you wake up with? Help me. A hangover. Okay. And, then you th- and, and empty pockets because you've spent too much and you're wondering, what have I been doing? What did I do? What did I say? Yeah. All those kinds of things. And it doesn't leave you full of joy. You don't wake up in the morning. Whoa, wasn't that a great evening? You walk, leave me alone. (laughs) Leave me alone. I don't want to know. It leaves you joyless, unfulfilled, despairing, hopeless. Let's remind ourselves again. Paul says, offer yourself to sin, for instance, and it's your last free act. Now, there's a man in the Bible by the name of King David who slayed a giant called Goliath. You might remember And he was in many scrapes and challenges, but he knew what it was to live free. He also knew knew what it was to live in sin. I love the Bible because the Bible doesn't hold back. You know how when you get people tell you a story and they want to tell you something about their life, they always tell you the good bits, they never tell the bad bits. Okay, when when I'm talking to anybody, if it's always too good, I'm like thinking, there's got to be something here, please. And even if I have the conversation, I'm thinking, that's cool, but tell me something else. There's got to be some bad bits, because all of us have got bad bits. Help me this morning, I feel like I'm dying on the spot here. We all have bad bits. I love the Bible, because the Bible doesn't flower it up. It's not all nice and flowery and all, isn't it wonderful? And David was this great man of God. Let me tell you, we get into the gore. I'm thankful for the Bible. I don't glory in the gore, but I'm thankful for it. Because if I read the Bible, it was all flowered. I'm thinking, I can't ever live like that. Anybody else? I can't live, I can't attain that. And that's why the Bible's raw and honest. And you have to read it in the full counsel of God because you see the mistakes and scrapes. And King David got himself into such a mess. And there's four things that I want to describe Two of them in the life of David and then two of them are in the New Testament. But it says of David and he talks about being in a pit. So these are places of burden. Let me describe it as a pit, okay? Psalm 40 verse 2. Now it might not have been literal pit. It might be descriptive, but we all get the thought. I'm in a pit. I was watching a Disney film last night about the Jungle Cruise or something. Anybody ever seen it? Yeah, and they, they built this thing and they fell into this pit and they couldn't get out. It was a good film, actually. I quite enjoyed it. Um, there we go. A pit. Psalm 40, verse 2. It says, David writes, 
writing a song. He says, he, he lift, speaking of God, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. That's some of your stories. If it's not your story, it can be your story. Because there's a place of burden and you might feel like you're in a pit. Also a prison. Some people feel like they're in prison. We've got ex-prisoners in our church, across our church, who've actually served time. But in some way or another, we've all been prisoners. And Psalm 142, verse 6 and 7 says this, Listen to my cry. Again, David, listen to my cry, for I am desperate need. Rescue from me from those who pursue me, for they're too strong for me. And set me free from my prison, that I may praise your name. I have a real heart for those who are actually in prison. I'd love to have more and more of a ministry from Arena Church into the prisons. Because there's only one answer for all these men and women, and it's Jesus. I know that in its simplistic form, there's outworkings as I started with, but it's Jesus. But people can find themselves in the place of burden that's called a prison. How about the third thing is, thing where there's place of burden, a bondage. We're bound up. This is what the Bible, this is the Bible language, of bondage. Galatians 4 verse 3, Paul says, the same one who wrote the Romans verses that we've just read. He said this, even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. What does that word elements mean? The principles, the values we were bound by the principle and values of this world. And I'm not about to speak about the evils of the world, but the reality is if we go down what me, the media tell us and even educational establishment tell us, political systems tell us, we will be in trouble. It will take us in a, to dead end street, let me tell you, because the values are not filled with God. It's, it's sinful. At the root of it, it's sinful. And if we walk in those, as Paul says, we'll live under the elements and the values of this world and we will be bound. Let me describe it this way. We, we had a couple of people in Ilkeston and I still want you to come over, but they had tags on their thing. You know, and they're tagged because <laughs> they've been inside and they're tagged. It's like we're walking around and we're tagged. We're not free. People are bound up. A place of burden. And lastly, oh, this is a big one and we haven't got time to unwrap it, but I do believe it's massive a place of burden can be a curse. Galatians 3 verse 13, it says this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Let me tell you, curses are very, very real in this spiritual world today. I don't go out of balance on them. I'm quite steady on them. Not everything is a curse, but there are times when it can be that why is it that generations follow the same generation, the same issues follow grandfather and father and child running through poverty, divorce, addictions. These can be curses and they are places of burdens that Jesus paid the price to redeem us from. Are you still with me today? About four of you, I'll ask you again, are you still with me today? A place of burden. Let me take you back for a moment because I'm, I'm enjoying this. I can find freedom 
from anything and everything through Jesus Christ. So if you're in a pit, if you're in a prison, if you're bound, if you're cursed, you can find freedom from anything and everything through the power of Jesus Christ. Satan would tell you that that's not true. I want to tell you, it is. he is a liar. He has been lying from the beginning. He's the father of lies. Jesus Christ came to set us free. So what about the second place? Well, this is a place of freedom. Oh, now you, you're with me. I hope you can go on the journey with me just for the last few moments because it's a place of freedom. It's a pathway of freedom. Let me take you back to Romans and chapter 6. It won't be on the screen because I've just introduced it into my notes, Elliot. Uh, but, but it says there in verse 18, we've already read it, but offer yourselves to the ways of God and the freedom never quits. Verse 22 and 23 of that passage in Romans 6. But now that you've found, you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do. And have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you, what a surprise, a whole healed, put together life right now with more and more life on the way. This is a description of the place of freedom that Jesus provided through the cross. That is what we celebrate at Easter The cross and the resurrection. We've already described it of the roar of the lion. It's true. In that roar, there is a place of freedom. And it comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. It simply comes through us accepting and surrendering our lives to Him. And receiving all the forgiveness. The oodles of forgiveness. The bucket loads of forgiveness. I mean, one describer talks about oceanic. The oceans of grace. (laughs) Oh, the oceans of grace that he pours out upon us. It's a place of freedom. And Galatians 5 verse 1 says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again with the yoke of slavery. Jesus Christ paid the price for our freedom. When I was a young boy and then in my late teenage years when I really stepped into God, it was at this moment that I knew the freedom of God. (laughs) But there's three things that I've had to learn because Paul reminds us that he came to set us free but he says, don't let yourselves be burdened again with a yoke of slavery. So it's not about just being free, it's about staying free. It's about staying free. Why? Because it's contested for. Really throughout my life, day to day, my freedom is always being contested for. The enemy will come and will try and stop me and try and bound me up, try and trip me up, try and lean on me. Sometimes my flesh, whatever. It's to try and get me back to that place of bondage, that prison, that pit that I've lived in previously. So I want to encourage you with three things that we need to do. We need to surrender ourselves to Jesus. It reminds us, stand firm. Stand firm, Steve. Stand firm. In the finished work of Jesus Christ, we will declare it over our Easter thing, but Jesus on the cross said it is finished. He paid the price. 
There's nothing more that he needs to do. He's given us all the power. He's poured out his Holy Spirit. And he asks us to just remain surrendered to him. I I often find, and I've talked a little bit about this in recent times, if you've listened to me on podcast or whatever, I often talk about this whole thought of confession and relinquishing. It's become a big part of my life, confessing my sins daily before God. It wasn't a usual practice of my life, but I've really stepped into it because there's so much stuff that I think about and do. And, you know, that's just me. And I want to stay free. So the way that I surrender myself to God is by confession, confessing and I come before him and I relinquish. And what's relinquishing? Letting go. There's a Bible verse that talks about dogs not returning to your own vomit. I don't want to go there, but I remember our dog when we was growing up, mom, the, our dog, she was beautiful. She'd vomit and you'd be pulling her away from it because they go back to it. That can be like our lives. Surrender ourselves to Jesus. Secondly, if we want to continue to live in this place of of freedom, Ephesians 4 verse 27 says this, do not give the devil a foothold. You've got a God over your steps, God over your life. Give careful attention, give a careful watch to your life. What I've realised is most people, actually it's not the big things that we look for. It's things like telling lies, gossiping, cheating. Nasty with our mouths. We have to set a guard, a a watch over our mouths and over our lives so we make sure that we live in freedom. And thirdly, we're directed in. Galatians 5 verse 25 says this, keep in step with the Spirit. And by the way, at the all in, I'm going to be talking about the, the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, the power of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to know more about that, you need to come to Mansfield next Tuesday. I honestly, it's my absolute firm conviction that it's impossible for us to live out the life without the ability and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And he directs us to keep in step with the Spirit of God. I'm, I'm not a dancer. Some of you are dancers. I remember talking about when Strictly was just coming out. So it shows you how long ago it was. I'm talking about Strictly Come Dancing. I did the old waltz and whatever. And that's what he's talking about. If you get into the thing, he's talking about keeping in step, waltzing with the Spirit of God. Keeping in step. Now, I'd be a terrible dancer. I've got two left feet. I'd be stepping on your toes, particularly when they're doing that cha-cha-cha and all that kind of, I mean, that's too fast for me. My hips are going out of joint and whatever. (laughs) But the Holy Spirit wants to take us by the hand and lead us and be in sync with us and us with him. And he will direct us in where we need to go. Have you got this? So we need to forever live surrendered to Jesus every day, confessing, relinquishing, set a guard over our days, over our lives. That's why the Lord's prayer is so important for me. Deliver me from the evil one today. Give me daily bread today. Deliver me from the evil one today. Lead me not into temptation today. I've already said to you, I've already confessed to you, I have the potential to go wherever and wherever. That's just my nature. I fundamentally would be a rebel without a cause or a rebel with a cause. I can cause mayhem and chaos wherever I go. Ask my mum. Outside of Jesus, it would be awful. So I have to keep surrendering seriously my life to Jesus. I don't want to get in chaos. I don't want to get in mayhem. I don't want to get in trouble. 
I want to be guarded over and I want to be directed in. Just in these last moments that we've got together. Let me just take you to a verse in 2 Corinthians in chapter 3. Are you still with me? Is this still okay? 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17. It says there, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now let me tell you, the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. We've established this as a place where God's presence will come. It comes because when we gather, but it's also something about the presence. And let me tell you, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So I declare again that every time we gather, there will be freedom in this place. You will receive and people will receive a sense of peace and they won't understand it. There'll be freedom that will be opened up to their life and invited to them. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When you go to work, Lindsay... Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. You're bringing freedom to people's lives. They may resist it, they may reject it, they may not be happy about it, but you're bringing freedom into that workplace. You're bringing freedom into that school. You're getting it. You're bringing freedom into that neighborhood. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I really believe that the people of God, as the people of God, we need to be forever leaning into this freedom. I understand there are issues that we all can carry, burdens that we can carry. And all I'd simply say is that you need to find good, discreet, wholesome and healthy Christian people who will walk those things through with you. That's what you need. Nothing more, nothing less. Because God wants to walk us all into freedom. Let me give you this quote. For some believers, sins are forgiven without shackles being loosed. <laughs> they are saved, but not delivered. I'm talking today about God wanting to bring a real deliverance and freedom to all of our lives. <laughs> we can find freedom from our past. We can find freedom from the power of sin. We can find freedom from the penalty of death. I'm racing through my notes. We can find freedom from anything and everything through our Lord Jesus Christ. One final thought. I love this hymn. I love to sing some old hymns, actually. They do a lot to my, to my heart. Some of the young, young, trendy ones now go, hymns? What's all that about? I actually like them. One of the songs that I like to sing is, Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. When we declare that, we are appropriating the blood of Jesus. His blood that was shed. Without going too long and too deep. The Old Testament, you could only get into the presence of God through the blood of animals that were sacrificed by a priest who would splash this blood everywhere. I'm reading through the Chronicles at the moment, two Chronicles. I'm trying to get counsel from the, from the kings. And you, you see the splashing of the, 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 the blood. Hezekiah, he killed that many animals to you know, cleanse the nation because it was in such a bad, bad place. And then the Bible records that when Jesus came, th 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 that was it. The blood sacrifice was paid once and for all. But what we have to learn to do is appropriate the blood of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus 
the blood of Jesus over our lives. And by the way, all the blood of Jesus, let me describe it to you. All the blood of Jesus, all the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow. This blood breaks every sin. It breaks every curse. It breaks every bondage and delivers us from the ultimate penalty of death. Oh, thanks be to God. I can find freedom from anything and everything through Jesus Christ. Let me finish with this verse. It says in 2 Corinthians 6, it'll come on the screen. Paul reminds the church at Corinth. I love these verses. It says, dear Corinthians, let me, let me now describe to you, dear Arena Church, dear visitors of Arena Church, dear people who are on a journey to faith, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. It's an offer of freedom. It's an offer of freedom. I wonder if we just bow our heads before I hand back to Jeanette and Nathan, yeah, come and grab the guitar. I'm going to ask us to do something a little bit different. We, you, 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 this boy's a genius, okay? Oh, the blood of Jesus. What key is it in? Oh, the blood of Jesus. Do we all know that, that thing? Let's stand to our feet. We're just going to sing it through a few times and then I'm going to pray. And before we sing it, if you just know that there's a relinquishing of some things, without us going heavy, some things you may need to work through with David and Jeanette, and I'm not joking when I say this, you may, it's not landing something on David, it's just, or Jeanette, just walking it through. Can I say we all have burdens? I think we just need to get a little bit more honest in church. This isn't a criticism of Belpro or Arena Church. I just think we need to get a little bit more honest and just walk some pathways into a place of freedom because we're never going to take real ground if we can't take ground in our own hearts.